God the gift of hearing and the gift of acting upon that which is heard. Father, we had a dire time in this nation, Father God. And I ask, Lord, that you will help me to bring forth this message today clear to the nation. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name and we pray. Amen. Let the church say amen. amen. Let us say amen one more time, please. And one more time for the Holy Spirit. We're dealing with today, uh, the title of our message today is Word to the Nation. Sometimes we speak a word to the local assembly. Sometimes we speak a word to the world. And sometimes we speak a word straight to this nation in particular. And although today we're speaking to the world as far as well as to the local assembly and those that are listening in, we're also speaking in particular to this nation and the condition that God sees it in today. We'll be coming out of the book of Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter. Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter. I want to give you a quick overview of uh, this word here in Deuteronomy. First of all, it speaks about the high character of God versus the low character of Israel. And then it speaks about the great acts of God as opposed to the impieties or the disrespect that Israel has toward these great acts of God and toward God himself. Then we'll be dealing with God's judgment upon Israel. And then we'll be dealing with the deliverance of Israel. This is an overview of Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter. First of all, we see here in this book, we see that in verse 3 through 6, we're dealing with the acts, great acts of God, as opposed to the, or the, we're dealing with the high character of God as opposed to the low character of Israel, which is the church. He says here in verse 3 that because, Deuteronomy 32, verse 3 through 6, it says, because I will publish, in other words, I will put forth the name of the Lord and I will ascribe ye greatness unto our God. What he's saying here is that he's going to publicize the name of our great God. And not only is he going to publicize it, but he's going to ascribe that which he's done for us to our God. In other words, the accomplishments that this nation has made are not to be ascribed to what we call great presidents and great leaders and all of that kind of nonsense. But the greatness, he says here in the Bible, is that we're going to ascribe this thing to the one that it belongs to, which is God. See, see whatever it is that this nation has accomplished, it's accomplished through the mighty hand of God. 
It hasn't accomplished through the hand of a man. Yes, God uses man to do it, but we became the greatest nation on the face of this planet by the hand of God and not by the hand of man. So God's word says in Deuteronomy, Moses writing, he says, I'm going to publish the name of the Lord and I'm going to ascribe, I'm going to ascribe ye greatness unto our God. For he is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. They have, now this is the high character of God which we're talking about here, the greatness of God. But, watch the, as opposed to the high character of God, watch in verse 5 how it flips the script on man. It says, but they have corrupted themselves. Their spots is not the spot of his children. In other words, God made us in his image and in his likeness, but we don't look like that which God made us. Amen? He says here that they are a perverse and crooked generation. That's exactly what America is. It can't be denied. We can come to church and we can get a good two-shoe message about how great we are as a nation, as a people, as God's people. But the truth of the matter is, is that we are perverse and a crooked nation, a crooked people. We are a crooked generation, a perverse generation. That means anything goes now. And the church is sanctioning that anything go now. It says that, do ye thus requite the Lord? In other words, is this how you repay God? America? Is not he thy father that hath brought thee and hath not, and is it not he that hath made thee and established thee? See, we don't forget who it is. Up top. That's what America's problem is. A pro America's problem is that they taken God off the top and put man. Now we believe in presidents and political parties and judicial systems and the dollar bill. And we the greatest Bible in the world is the dollar bill because on it it says in God we trust. And everybody gets that Bible in their hand at some time or another. But the only thing we read on that Bible is the value of the denomination. We, we don't see the rest of it, see. We don't understand the secret code of God that's on the dollar bill. They all see an eye and all that. See, we don't, we don't see all that, see. We, we, we pass all of that. And we say, oh man, that's a mystery. That's man doing it. No, that's God's eye sees you. That, that's God's eye seeing you. You, you say secret society and what you think, but somebody had serious enough to put on that paper bill and the silver tool and the copper in God we trust. Somebody had something, but somewhere along the line, the
crooked and perverse nation that we are today, we have forgotten that. And that's why today God said a word to the nation. A word to the nation. This nation is a crooked and it's a perverse generation where anything goes. I'm not afraid to talk to you America today. See, see, it doesn't make any difference where I am. Technology sure can take me where God wants me to be and where I need to be to get this word out to you. And that's what I like about technology. Amen? So let's deal with the great acts of God versus Israel's impiety, Israel's disrespect toward the great acts of God. Says in verses 9 through 12, it says, Now, the Lord is, the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. Well, when we look here and we see what all this really is, God is saying, My harvest. Is man. Says it, my people are my portion, right? So what God has done is God took America and He planted us in it. And God made it great. And God took man and planted him in the earth. He made the earth. And he he didn't come to reap the vegetables. But his portion is us. That's the portion of God. God's people, the Bible says, are his portion. Did not God make all of us? Did he not make us in our image and in our likeness of America? Did he not do it? He planted us here. He did a great act. And not only did he plant us here, but he says in verse 10, he found him in a desert land and in a waste, howling wilderness. We're talking about the great acts of God. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eyes. As an eagle stirreth up her nest. <clears throat> Fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, bear them up on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him. And there was no strange God. You see, when God brought the people that began to establish this nation over here, watch this. This land, it says in verse 10, was a devil's land. A howling wilderness. Wasn't no cities. Wasn't nothing but animals. And Indians. And all other kind of things. Trees and stuff. But it, there wasn't no cities. There was no greatness to be shown yet. Because it's just like walking into the woods. You know, you've got all of this now. What you going to do with it? But the Bible says that he found him. See, when God found him, 
He found us in a desert land. In a waste howling wilderness. And he led him. Led him about. Showed him which way to go. Showed you a miracle. Instructed you through the forefathers. And he kept us as the apple of his eye because he indeed made us the greatest nation on the face of this earth. So we had to be the apple of his eye. Why? Because of the God that we serve. That's why. Because of the God that we serve. So here we are. We're saying that Verse 11 says, As an eagle stirs up her nest and fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings. Spread them abroad. And taketh them, beareth them on her wings. In other words, he spread America all across the world. Did he not? Are not we known everywhere? Man didn't do this. God did this for us. Why? Because we were the apple of his eye and at that, there were no strange gods in us at that time. But look at it now. Look at it now. It says in verse here, verse 11, verse 12 here, so the Lord alone did lead him and there was no strange God with him. You see, when God was doing all this great stuff for us America, there wasn't no strange God with us. There wasn't all these different crazy religions and all of this crazy philosophies and all this stupid stuff out here. It was just God, right? Mm-hmm. But then we got dig. See, see, that's the risk that we take when we are blessed by God. You see, when God blesses us, we tend to to go our own foolish way. And yes we do. Yes we do. We do. And that's what America has done. You see, America, now that it's blessed, see, it feels well, I don't need God no more. I don't need him no more. I don't care for God no more. I don't care. I don't even remember what God did for me. But if you read down in there, you'll see where it tells us that we need to remember what God did for us. Sometimes we need to go back down memory lane and think about this thing. Sometimes. But what we do, now that we think that we are bigger than we are, baby, now we think we don't need God no more. Now we think we don't need the teachings of God no more. Now we think we're better than God. Now we think we can just stay home and look at a TV evangelist and be connected with God. See, see, that's how we are now. See, see, we don't have no desire anymore to serve the Lord. Because the church has become nothing but a social club. That's all. It's a place of entertainment. It's a place to, long as you make me feel good, I don't want you touching my sin. I don't want you touching my crookedness. 
I don't want you touching my perverseness. I want you to leave me alone. Oh, that's a good church. Oh, he don't offend nobody. He don't do this. America, you've already offended God. And because you've offended God, judgment is coming. There's no way around that. And it would be sacrilegious for me to get up here and preach a word of lies to you. Know that we brought in what we call strange gods. Amen? Amen. Well, let's look at the judgment of Israel. Deuteronomy. Let's go to verse 20, 21, and 25. Amen? Watch this. And he said, verse 20, that I will hide my face from them. Mm -hmm. And I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very forward generation. Children in whom is no faith. Ain't no faith in the church nowadays. It's a fake faith. First thing happening, folk, folk roll over. You let, you let something happen to your material thing, and you must figure out how much faith you got. You get angry with God. You throw God away. You will start asking God, why? What you mean, why? It all belongs to God. He can do what he wants to with it. And sometimes God gives to see what we're going to do, but sometimes God takes away to see what we're going to do. Amen. So every once in a while, God has to check us. And that's what's happening with America today. You see, see God is checking us. He, he gave to us. It's not that we're still not the apple of his eye as the church is, because that's who we are. It's not that we're not the apple of his eye. You got to know who we are. But you got to understand that God is in the process of taking from us now because he's already seen what we did when he gave to us. Now he's going to see what we're going to do when he take away from us. He's got to find out what we're all about. See, contrary to what y'all believe, even though God knows all, sometimes God deserves the right not to know and wait till it happens to check it out. It's in the book. It's in the book. When they were building the Tower of Babel, God said, I'm going to come off my throne and I'm going down and check these folk out to see what they're doing. So he reserved the right not to know and to go check things out. Not only did he do that, but when he came down, to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and he stopped off by Lot with two more angels. Yes, in there. Christ stopped and talked with Abraham and sent the other two angels on down. He said, I just come by. I gotta check some things out here. I gotta talk to you personally about son that you about to have, but I'm I'm here on some other business too. And he sent his others on. Check some things out. See, sometimes God reserves the rights to just come and check things out on his own. That's the good thing about God. He can know, but still refuse or, or, or decide 
to come down and check what's going on. So when they were doing what they were doing at the Tower of Babel, if you read the book, the book will tell you he came down off his throne to see what they were doing, to check it out. You go see what these folks are doing. That's what, that's what you call reserving the right to know. Even though you, you all you got to do is know, and, and he does know, but sometimes God just want to, let me just put it like this, sometimes God just want to do a hands-on. Something. You ever been like that? You know others got it, but you want to just do it. You just want to be a part of it. Sometimes you just, I know I'm like that sometimes. It's hard for me not to be a part because I'm a hands-on guy. And he's a hands-on God. But do you know the only thing that God put his hands on in the box was man. Do y'all realize that when he was doing creation? He spoke everything else. But when he said, let us make man in the second chapter, he said, it was reformed. That means he put his hands on his study. See, sometimes God just wanted to touch us and keep us. And just to see what we're going to do. So sometimes God gives and sometimes God takes away. But that's his business. Verse 21 says that they have moved me to jealousy, that which is not God. Or they have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. In other words, and that's a terrible subject. They have provoked me to anger and their vanities with their vanities, and I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. And I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. So what God is saying here is that this stuff that we're doing is to provoke God to anger. And because it has provoked him to anger, God said, now, I'm going to bring in a people that's going to do some things to us. He said, I'm going to bring in some people it's going to cause a problem for us. Verse 25 says, now, now, now here's what you got to pay close attention to right here. It's verse 25. One verse 25 in Deuteronomy 32. It says, the swan. Notice how he said he's going to bring some people, right? He's going to bring some people. But notice what he's going to do. He said, the sword in verse 25, without. That means war from outside. So we got, we got some more war coming, Okay. And they set in stage of it now, secretly. There's going to be war without. That means there's going to be a sword without. means there's going to be an outside war. Okay? That's going to tax America. But it also says here, and terror from within. So here we're going to have not only an outside force that we're going to be fighting, that's what we're doing now, Mel. Not only are we going to have an outside force, but that same spirit of destruction is here inside America, and it's destroying America from within, too. So we say, now, not only is the sword going to be outside, but there's going to be destruction from where? Within. Amen? There's going to be destruction from within. So, here we are, and 
What we're having to understand is that the word said the sword's going to be without, verse 25, and terror is going to be within. Boy, 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 boy. Or when they say peace and safety, and then sudden destruction is going to come. Like a woman in travail. Right when we're all saying peace and safety. Right when we're all saying make, a great, make America great again. Right when we're all saying, oh, everything's all right now because we got the right man. You ain't going to never have the right man nowhere until you put Jesus Christ back where he's supposed to be in this nation. And the problem that we have and what makes me sick with Christians is, is Christians keep on believing in some man. Whether he be Republican or Democrat, I don't care nothing about none of them. And this nation has brought in that strange God called man. And he said, I'm going to bring a sword from without, and there's going to be terror from within. And verse 25 says, shall destroy both the young man and the virgin. The suckling, that's the baby, and with the man of gray hairs. In other words, everything is going to be touched. But here's what I like about God. Here's what I like about it. How many of y'all know that God is in the delivering business? God will deliver us. But a lot of times God has got to whoop us and whoop us dearly before we can understand what the whooping is all about. But after the whooping is over, God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of you. Let's go to Deuteronomy 32, verse 36. For the Lord shall judge his people and repent himself for his servant. See, for, because of the say America, the only thing that's going to save us and keep us after he thrash us real good is the prayers of the saints. Because during this whooping that we're going to get and that we're beginning to get now, during that time, saints are going to find their way back to loving God instead of loving the dollar bill. Because the dollar bill ain't going to be able to save. God says here, that for the Lord shall judge his people and repent himself for his servants when he seeth that their power is gone and there is none shut up or left. In other words, after God put us on our knees, after God puts us, America, on our knees because you're too proud. You got too much mouth. And what's going to happen is God is going to take us down, put us on our knees, and when God sees that we're helpless people, see, God is a merciful God. He's often returning. He's going to return back, and he's going to repent of the whooping that he put on us. Because when God put a whooping on us, it's a whooping. He's already setting the stage through nature and everything else. It's a, it, it, Golf balls and, 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 and baseball size hells and grapefruit size hells and even in this area called over in Greenville and all over in there, just the hell in the Midwest just beat cause of death. 
total loss. They've been beat up so bad. And that's the intensity of God. That's the intensity of God. And ain't nobody seeing nothing. Because everybody don't think they, they're figuring out how to get another iPhone or how to get another pair. Whatever them kind of shoes you be wearing. Yeah, that's all people think about now. How to get another kind of car. Yeah, that's all they think about. Ain't gonna leave me crazy up in here. I'm telling the truth. Amen. That's what's wrong with America. And God, what God got to do is God gonna take them shoes and we're gonna be eating on them. That's our home Like them folks over yonder in Sudan. God gonna take these phones and we're gonna be eating on them. God gonna take the money because there ain't going to be none. Because every penny we get, it's going to cost everything you got. Just to get a carbon break. And then you're going to start thinking about how good. See, we don't know how good we got until we lose. See, we're doing way better than we think about. And see, the problem is, is that America doesn't understand just how good we got. So what we're doing now is, we are forsaken God. We brought in the strange God. We've even placed our children above God. We've even done that. And when somebody try to take something to our crazy young, then we get crazy and leave the church. And then you fall short of God. And wonder why? We thought we carrying a strange God. A strange God comes in many in, in many forms. Verse forty-three. Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servant, and will render vengeance to his adversaries, and will be merciful unto his land. And to his people. See, that's hope right there. But hope ain't coming before the tail whooping. The tail whooping is here. Now to what degree God is going to have to put us on our knees before we realize we're on our knees depends on us. What's going to be the rock bottom for you, America? What is it going to take for America, the United States, this land that God has loved so dearly, what is it going to take for us to become respectful to God, put ourselves aside, and try to get closer to God before He put that thing on us completely? Because I don't like the chastisement of God without filter. See, when God removed the filter, which are the preachers, when he removed that from America, and it's just God at America, and it's just about there, that's going to be a dangerous thing. See, when God removed the pastor from between the sheep, whoever God is dealing with among the sheep, it intensifies. It intensifies. It gets real ugly. Real ugly. Sometimes even to the point of death. Amen? Amen. 
Sometimes. Sometimes God will literally snatch us up out of here. The main text today. It's Deuteronomy 32, verses 28 through 30. And the word of the Lord says, For they, verse 28, For they are a nation. Watch this. Hmm. Void of counsel. Neither is there any understanding in them. God is saying that America is a nation void of counsel and with no understanding. In other words, y'all remember when I talk about that deaf and dumb spirit? And some folk got angry, but that's okay. Do y'all know that America is filled with a deaf and dumb spirit? It can't hear nothing. And it can't bring nothing to the table but a bunch of foolishness and division. So what they're doing is that all they think about is dividing. And you know after you divide people so much, you don't have nothing else to divide, guess what? You start dividing yourself. You start dividing your own political factions and parties and families. Yes, you do too. You see, when you withdraw and divide yourself, Whoever it is with you, sooner or later, there's going to be some division in there. Which is going to cause a smaller. See, and a hasty body cannot stand. And the devil has America and the leadership that's in America, whether it be government, whether it be judicial, whether it be executive, whether it be religion, it makes no difference. America, the devil has America setting up factions. All kind of denominations setting it up. In government, all kind of freedom caucus, this kind of caucus, black caucus, Jewish caucus, that kind of division. Division. But we're supposed to all be the same in government, but division. We're supposed to be all be the same in the Word of God, but division. No. We this, we that, we this. Well, Paul say, who is Paul? And who is this Apollos you talking about? We follow Jesus. What's all this other stuff? Division. And where there is division, <laughs> you can bet. And where confusion is, I don't care where it is, even in your household. Wherever there is confusion, there's going to be division. And wherever division is, there's going to be a downfall. That house gonna fall. So one thing I know about God, God can't tell a lie. He said if we void of counsel, you know the worst thing we can do is be our own counsel. It's a fool who has his own self for counsel. Y'all heard it before. Even the judicial said that when you talk about I'm gonna represent myself to judges and listen to you like you're a fool. Oh, you just kill yourself. Because they ain't set up that way. You see, we're void of counsel. If, when we're the ones, all the counsel we have is our own self. We won't hear nobody else. It's all about, oh, I got this. You ain't got, the only thing you got is destruction. It just ain't hit you yet. But you done already planted the seed of it. Void of counsel? 
with no understanding. That's America. Our bathrooms were doing all right. They had men and women. Until the gut wait. Until the government got involved. Until the government got involved. Didn't nobody care. But nobody even paying no attention. You went in whatever bathroom you needed to go. If you went in the women, the stars there, nobody looked, man. Go and do what you're gonna do and come on up out of there. What no what no problem at all. But we created the problem. We put a spotlight on it. When nobody else was concerned about it. All they do, we go in the bathroom. If you felt that you was a, 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 a gender other than God born you to, you went in the bathroom, and did, went in the stall, did what you had to do, and came on out of there. But most of us, they went on in the bathroom that they went in. It didn't make no difference. They did what they had to do and until government got involved in it. And now, it's ran up into billions of dollars being kept back or given. Now, you see, it goes from one degree to another degree of insanity. If they'd have just left it alone. Some things are best left alone. Some things. Some things are just best left alone. And let God handle it. Let God deal with whatever needs to be dealt with. Put it in God's hand. Verse 29 says, O ye that were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. See, that's the problem right there. That's the problem right there. They don't consider their latter end. Mm. Verse 30 says, How should one chase a thousand? And how should two put ten thousand to flight? To make a long story short, except it be God. Except that rock that sold them and the Lord that shut them up. How can one? How is it that one can put a thousand on the run and two, ten thousand on the run, unless God did it? Huh? How can Samson kill a thousand or more Philistines with one jawbone? Unless God did it. How can David knock down a giant called Goliath that was nine and a half foot tall? How can that be? Unless God did and, and And that giant had a helmet on his head and the only thing that you could see was a little bitty spot right there in his forehead. The rest of it was covered. Except for his eyes. But that rock hit him right there, right where he came. Long enough to stun him so David could cut his head off. How can that be unless God did it? How can this nation 
which God found in the desert and in the wilderness, a howling wilderness. How can it become the greatest nation on the face of this earth unless God did it? Tell me. Tell me, America. Talk to me. Talk to me. Tell me how. In closing, we're going to get on down to here. Second Samuel 26 of the Old Testament. Second Samuel 2, verse 26. Second Samuel, talking about this latter end. Second Samuel 2, verse 26. Are we there? Second Samuel 2, verse 26. Nations is split. David was over Judah. Judah didn't have a two, three tribes. Saul was over the kingdom of Israel. Had ten of them, basically. Joab was the uncle. I believe. Uncle or cousin of David. He was David's army captain. He was captain. Abner was the king of David too. And he was over Israel under Saul. One day in this chapter, they began to fight. They wanted to do some sport. So, I don't know if it was Abner or whether it was Saul, but or Abner or whether it was Joab but one of them had the idea of sitting back and saying let's let the young men fight, let's let them fight they call it sport they really feel each other they get up there and they grab each other by the beard and they just put a sheave a spear in each other and just die right there on the spot, that's what they call sport I felt like a crash that was what I thought. But anyway, David's men whooped him that day. And the Bible tells us that here that, in verse 26, And Abner called to Joab and said, Shall sword devour forever? Because what was happening was is Abner had them had got defeated. And one of them guys that was with Joab, David's king. One of them guys started to chase Abner. Well, Abner was the captain of the Israelite army. And he was a man of war. He knew what he was doing to be a captain. He, he had to know what he was doing. Look at this young buck. He's going to chase Abner. And Abner ran. Because they had already got full. But Abner wasn't afraid. Abner just was tired of the blood. So Abner ran and he ran and he ran. He kept calling. He kept killing that fellow. He said, man, look. Back off. Back off. Back off. Back off. Back off. That wouldn't do. So Abner took him. Took him out. But anyway, then Abner called to Joab and said, Shall the sword devour forever? Knowest thou not that it will be bitterness in the latter end? 
Remember, over here, about the nation, it spoke about the latter end. And I just spoke to y'all about the latter end because they weren't wise enough to consider the latter end. See, Joab or Abner here is telling us at the end, if we don't get this thing right and stop all this foolishness, it's going to be a bitter end. It's going to be a bitter end, y'all. America, if we don't get this thing right and stop trusting in these stupid, you see, this whole thing needs to be over all. And we stand behind some constitution. And we done took the constitution and perverted it too. And then made it crooked. So if we don't get ourselves together, see, like he's saying, it's going to be a bitter end. The latter end is. How long shall it be then, ere thou bid the people return from following their brethren? In other words, stop it. God is wanting us to know and understand that if we don't stop this thing in America, which will influence others to stop what they're doing around the world, we're going to have a bitter end in the latter days. Last verse, Proverbs 19.20. Proverbs 19.20, a word to the nation. Proverbs 19.20 says this, and I'm done. Hear counsel. See that word here keep coming up. Hear it. It keeps coming up. Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou may be wise in wisdom. Thy latter end. I'm closing with this. America. A word to the nation. Consider yourselves. Consider what we're doing. All of us are in error. None of us got here alone. We got here as a team. And ain't nothing that we're doing, ain't no right in it at all. Because the light that we have is darkness. What little bit of light that we do have is darkness to God. And God is prolonging the wrath. But he has prolonged it to the point where it's inevitable. It's overflow. It's seeping out. And we're in such a tragedy, and we're in such a place within ourselves that we're out of control. The Bible speaks about how men will be incontinent. That means they're out of control. We don't have no control no more. And that's why I was talking to some of the congregants earlier about they, they, they having cars that's going to be in trucks that are going to drive themselves. The reason why they're driving themselves is because they already know man has lost his mind. Man can't even drive cars properly now. They can't. Look at all the wrecks. 
Look at that wreck we saw down right down that road Wednesday night. So now what they're doing is, is that they're going to allow the they're going to allow the machines, the computers, the robots to drive the car to keep us safe from ourselves. And then one day, America, and I spoke this before, one day, the computer, the robot's going to figure out how big a fool its creator is. Man, that created it. And then man going to take, the, the computer, the robot going to take over man. Because man can't even drive a car right no more. <laughs> so it's going to figure it out. That hey, just maybe it's going to do the same thing that man has done to God. Try to act like it's smarter than God. And just like we figured it out, to act up a fool, it's going to figure it out to act a fool on us. And we're going to have a mess on our hands. Oh, we headed for destruction, America. But thank God for salvation. And thank God for his word that after God put us on our knees, God said, I'm going to repent. <laughs> and the reason I'm going to repent is because I'm still I'm going to have a few faithful servants. <laughs> and because I got a few faithful servants, I'm going to repent of my harsh deeds toward this nation. And I'm going to bring them back up and put them back where they need to be because even in their low state, they're still the apple of my eye. Amen? Amen. Give God praise, America. Give me praise.